Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we cover 1978's Damien Omen 2. The terror of the past is but a taste of the future. What happened before was a hint of the horror to come. The first time was only a warning. William Holden, Lee Grant, Damien, Omen 2. Tell me about Damien. What sort of a boy is he? He's your brother's son. He's a boy you've loved for seven years. Well, you can't believe this. And? It's over. It is a filthy, stupid story, and it's over. The current's got him! You mustn't attract attention. You're not going to treat Damien any differently. You're not going to look at him. You're not going to talk to him any differently. The day will come when everyone will know who you are, but that day is not yet. I know who you are. Say it, Mark. Get Mark away from Damien. Look at me, Mark. Damien, there are things you don't understand. Read your Bible. not Damien. I don't understand. Damien has a different cell structure. Different? What does it mean? I've been working on the story for years now. I think I pieced it together. Oh, please, please, you must listen to me. The first time was only a warning. deaths, five unexplained horrible accidents. We are all in great danger. You can't make it believe it. You've got to believe it. He killed Mark, he killed Atherton and Viserion. And he'll keep on killing. He'll kill anyone he thinks is threatening him. Listen to yourself. Listen to how crazy you sound. Man, I saw Charles killed. I saw Damien's face on the wall. William Holden. Where's Damien? Lee Grant. Damien. Omen 2. The first time was only a warning. Directed by Mike Hodges, who went later to direct Flash Gordon. Oh, so he had an awesome career. Yeah. (laughs) He did other movies as well but i'm gonna bring out the flash gordon because i love that movie uh composed by the late and great jerry goldsmith who also composed gremlins and poltergeist i'm only naming horror films because i know that he also did the star trek movie yeah, he did a ton of things the, the first one right um your favorite film of all time <laughs> <laughs> one of the stars that i immediately recognized which was kind of weird because she's younger in this film but yet old Somehow still the same age still old is sylvia sydney who plays aunt marion in this film she is uh 
from Beetle, uh, Beetlejuice, I was going to say Beetle Guys. Well, you're still kind of right. <laughs> uh, Shad? Of course, some of the other people you might recognize in it, among them the lead in this one is William Holden, who you'll recognize from movies like Starlog 17, Network. He's been in a ton of things. And he actually turned down being in the original Omen because he wasn't into being into horror movies, but then he saw the amount of money the first one made and was like, you know what, maybe I'll be on board for that sequel. And Damien this time was played by Jonathan Scott Taylor, who he's done a few things here and there after this, but this was really his only big role that he's had. And of course, everyone's going to remember Lance Henriksen in this one as the uh, sergeant at the military base. And man, Lance Henriksen looked so much younger in this. He was almost unrecognizable because you're so used to Lance Henriksen now that when you see Lance Henriksen when he's like, I don't know, maybe 30, 35, it just doesn't look like him, you know? No, I literally legit thought it was James Woods. I was like, who? When you said it was Lance Henriksen, I was like, oh, it is. Oh, and uh, Sylvia Sidney in Beetlejuice, she was Juno. Oh, yeah, the... uh the agent that helps him exactly yes uh yeah movies about the antichrist so <laughs> this is what gets me in all of these movies because there's three of them right there's three this... initially they made a fourth one later but it was a straight to tv thing that no one cared yeah no one no one cares about that we just care about the first three which are pretty good i like all of the films actually um e- even this one and I say that because every time I think about this movie, I think about uh, Child's Play 3 because oh. they're also in a military school. Yeah. And I'm like, was that like a like an homage to the Omen 2? It's kind of, why is everyone ending up in a military school? Yeah, that was a thing. Well, you know, what, what gets me, the film, you know, Damien doesn't know that he's the Antichrist. He is actually told by Lance Henderson. Yep. Um, it baffles me That's how... important m- information. Yeah, it baffles <laughs> me how many people are in the, like, Antichrist clan. I'm, like, wondering when I watch these films, was there, like, even in the first one, was there, like, an Antichrist, like, world meeting where everyone gets together and passes around photos of, like, Damien, where he lives, his story, and these people obviously come from, like, wealth and power because they're all protecting him in a way, and he has this throughout all of the films, this, like, entourage of people that he doesn't even know, you know, that support him. That'd be kind of an interesting, like, short movie would be to show, like, all the people meeting to prepare for the Antichrist and his birth and all that. Because, you know, they talk about he was born of uh, a jackal. That's even a point in this one that the doctor, who is played by uh, Meshach Taylor, who'd gone to be in Designing Women and a bunch of other, like, sitcoms. I think he was in Mannequin. Yes, he was in Mannequin. Yeah, he was in Mannequin and some of those other comedies in the 80s like that. It was strange to see him here. This was like his movie debut, and he was uh, playing a very serious doctor who discovered that Damien's blood was also half jackal. Looks nothing like it. Now, they don't really get into the description of, like, the descriptives of how that came to be. So, is it like two jackals? No, you said half jackal. So, the jackal mated with a human? That's what I, I wonder if it's something like like a beast master kind of thing. You remember in that movie, they transferred him like when he was, his mother was pregnant and they took him out of her body mm. magically and somehow put him into the cow. And then 
I wonder, this I, is like a Rosemary's Baby situation. Well, I mean, in that one, that was the devil, right? That she yeah. had to, was embodied in the father's, like, in her husband's body. Yeah. The, the jackal, which I feel like, you know, jackals, what do they do? They're like jackals, right? They're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to go impregnate some women. I'm going to have sex with a lady. It's very strange. Yeah. So I'd like to see a little bit of background on that. And show The jackal? They, yeah, on the jackal. Show all that, how that came to be. Show the people meeting and deciding, yeah, so we will select this jackal to be the father. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Yeah. The other thing that also... Oh, the main attacker in the film is the raven. Yeah. Anytime you see, like, the raven show up in this one, somebody's going to die. This, I, I gotta wonder if this is what's inspired, like, a lot of the Final Destination because I hadn't watched this in a long time, and then watching it now, I realized just how much of it is all just accidents that kill people in this movie. Oh, the brakes on the train slipped, and oh, the guy accidentally fell against the side of the train and got stuck, and then the two train cars collided, and he died. Yeah, they're all accidental, and and they really, I mean, you would have to be doing some, like, massive investigation to leave them all back to, like, Damien. Yeah. Because it's literally impossible. There's no one that's directly in contact, per se. I mean, there's, you know, like, two people, but everyone else that has died is, like, the friend of a friend or, like, a colleague, you know, it's not like, oh, it, that's that's because this kid is doing it, you know. Or yeah, like one of the people that died, like died in a chemical explosion that Damien just happened to be visiting the chemical plant, but Damien had never actually met this guy. So you would never trace it back to Damien on this. You yeah. Know? And then like, who is controlling the Raven? Is it the devil? Is it like a, like a falconer? Like a guy that like just specifically trains evil Ravens? Is he related to the Raven, the most famous of Ravens? I I read an interview online with the writer of this that said that to him, the Raven represented uh, Damien's subconscious. Mm. That his subconscious was doing these things, even though he wasn't aware of it. And that the Raven was kind of his, that manifestation. So what I don't like about these films, and films of the same nature, is how bleak everything is because everyone that dies okay always asks for god's help and god is never present he's like left the building and they have strong faith and have asked for like divine intervention the devil's like no i'm handling this god has gone out for like a coffee break yet again like god is not at all or any kind of divine help is not in, in this situation at all, which is like, so you want the world to end? So like, what was what is the point of these people having faith? Maybe that's the real question of the movie is like, faith is kind of like, you shouldn't have it because it's pointless. Because when you, you know, want help, it's not going to be there for you. It, it I have so, <laughs> it's just like, what? Not even one time does anyone get saved. Everyone dies. Yep. <laughs> There's never any divine intervention in this, and like I said, like you said, it, after a while, you would kind of be like, you know what, I, I'm not going to fight this. And I, I love the people too that like. There's one guy in this movie that even says, "Man, every time I went over there, anytime I talked to anyone, if they objected to anything I wanted to do, they were just dead within a couple of days." Ring a ding, ding, ding. I'm starting to think something might be going on here. And they're like, "Oh yeah, you're definitely not going to die next, man. Just go on about your job, but." Let me know where you put all the notes about all this stuff, okay? Because I'm going to make sure they're taken well care of. 
nope, dead, all of his information, dead, gone. Dead, information gone, he's dead. One of the, I mean, all the deaths are pretty much, they're intense and they're pretty crazy, but I mean, the one that just had me in like, holy moly, was the death of the uh, archaeologist lady uh, slash reporter who like literally gets pecked to death. First of all, (laughs) if your car runs out of gas, okay, and you have no intent to like walk to the nearest gas station, which you're in the middle of like nowhere, there's no gas station, right? And you see some crazy raven in the distance, get the fuck back in your car. Don't just wait there. Like she, I guess maybe she tried to get back in the car, but at this point it was too late. They like literally blind her, peck her, peck out her eyes, okay? And she's rolling in the fucking grass. If you know that you are, your car's on the side of the highway, okay? You are now blind. Maybe don't stand up and walk towards, you can tell the difference, okay? Where there's grass and where there's cement. Why are you going to walk onto the cement when you know it's the highway and there's a freaking, well, she doesn't know there's a truck coming, but you can hear the car. I mean, it's a fucking truck. It's like a semi, like a, like a Mack truck or whatever. She gets totally freaking run over and it is the craziest scene because they usually those will show the body like kind of like topple underneath she literally gets hit by the car flies up onto like the windshield which is way the fuck a high slams against the windshield body tumbles down and then it runs her over it is like (laughs) The fucking craziest shit. I really have a feeling that as that truck was driving up, they just threw a dummy out in front of it and just like filmed it. And however it got hit, that's just how it went. Because it was it was clearly a dummy, but you know it was a great, it was hilarious to watch because I'm like, damn, that is that is a rough way to go. The main objective in the film is to try to warn the parents or the guardians yeah. that Damien is a devil. Which what are you gonna do when you find out? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to ground him? You're grounded. Like, what are, are they going to kill him? I mean, I, I guess that is the whole thing. You're going to kill him. But that's the whole thing. Everyone in this movie is trying to warn, you know. And, you know, they get they don't even listen. And they figure out. And it's too late. Spoiler alert. It's too late for them. Because they can't do shit. Even, I'm not going to spoil this, but even the person that... Was oh, this is almost forty years old. This is over forty years old. I think we can spoil this. I know. Okay, fine. The the mom, quote unquote, mom guardian. She was a supporter of Damien the whole time. It was like, how did you like place yourself in the family, knowing like, okay, that Damien's coming. Damien's dad, okay, murdered. You know, he's gonna come now live with this dude, the, the uncle. I'm gonna be, you know, in cahoots with this dude take care of him she didn't even which is shocking because it's like she didn't even give a fuck i mean that wasn't her son anyways the yeah. uncle's kid that was her it was her stepson so you know yeah but she, yeah <laughs> who cares whatever i mean even if it was her own son i'm sure she would have sacrificed her own son for damien yep. and it's like damien repays her by fucking blowing her up like she's set in for on fire it's like thanks bitch now i'm gonna kill you yeah, that is not a way to show how you like why would you support him if he's going to kill you anyways what's well, the whole I don't point know that at the time 
I mean, I feel like you should know that because Look, he's the Antichrist. To, she got to live in all those riches for years. She lived in that big-ass house that had its own movie theater in it. And by movie theater, I don't mean a room where they watched VCR, had a VCR set up. No, they had their own projector, like their own 16-millimeter projector that they're watching movies on. So she was doing all right for a while. So I'm sure she was like, yeah, this is great. Married to this guy. I'm rich as hell. Got my own movie projector. Living out here in this big-ass house on the lake with a horse-drawn carriage to carry me around to get the mail. Yeah, she was doing fine. She didn't think it was going to end badly. Well, it did. And, you know, she's dead now. So there you go. Now, the objective of the advocates for the Antichrist, Antichrist lovers, they their whole purpose is to make sure not only that Damien is safe and that he doesn't get killed, you know, but that he rises to power. So everything is just so strategically done. It's like a freaking the like biggest, like longest running chess game ever because you have to get him to come to a point where he, one, he has a strong name. Two, he has mad money, like old, old money, you know, the good money that you need, you know, new money, whatever. Old money has respect, right? So he has the old money. He has status, you know, everything that the Antichrist is going to need when it comes time. And the next movie, which is <laughs> played by, oh, Sam Neill. Sam Neill, which is like, oh, okay. Yeah, of course. Sam Neill is going to be, I love that movie, actually. I mean, I like all the films. It's a really good film. Um, but you see how he has risen and that he's in politics because that was the thing. The dad was in some form of politics and then, you know, there's all the money and like I said, all that stuff. So well, in it's the just, end, of course, he inherited all the money from his parents and all the money from his adopted parents. So he's doing well. Yeah. And that's the whole point of why, you know, that scene kind of is sad where he has to like kill his cousin because that was his bestie. You know, that was his partner in crime. But I guess he realizes, like, it's all about me. So... Well, he didn't give you a choice. He said, look, you can join me. I don't want to have to kill you. He even said, let me ask you one more time. Come on, join me. So I don't want to have to kill you. And the, and the cousin was like, no, I think I'll die. And he's like, all right then. And he fucking killed him. And then he kills him. He cried, though. Yeah, he he was sad. sad. He, 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 he cried in, 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 the, in the wintry woods. And the only person in this movie he didn't kill, who lucked out, that guy should be the luckiest man alive, was the bully at the beginning that's like slapping him around. It's like, your parents are dead, Damien. <laughs> and then he just scares the shit out of that guy and leaves him like crying on the floor. He doesn't know how lucky he got it. I was There should have been like a post-credit scene where he just goes, oh yeah, and I forgot to kill this guy. And then just goes back and like that guy somehow gets impaled on the fence or something. That is true. He should have gone back. That's weird that he doesn't go. I mean, I guess because he was so insignificant. Or there were so many witnesses around. Everyone else. I mean, that that didn't stop him from putting the evil eyes on him and making him. I wonder what he saw because he's in his head. Yeah, he showed him something that terrified the shit out of him. He probably showed him like 
where he's going to be after he dies. Because that's the scariest thing of all. Because if you're going to tell the person like, oh, you're going to be poor or, you know, whatever. But if you're telling someone, hey, for all eternity, there's going to be hot pokers in your asshole while you listen to like the band that you hate, you know, forever in a day. It's going to be like fucking Morrissey or whatever. <laughs> Nickelback playing 24-7. It's Nick. I love Morrissey. I just, that was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, Nickelback, you know, sevenfold. That- <laughs> They're going to be playing 24-7 at maximum volume. You know, with the hot pokers in your butthole, that would scare fucking anyone. To watch with the Cats movie. Yeah, that would, no, the new Tom and Jerry, that's... No, the new Cats movie's worse. Oh, the new Cat, oh, the new Cats movie, yes. No, that's, why did they, why did they do that? And this is the special butthole version. <laughs> While the cats are licking their buttholes? Yep. Yeah, that's that would terrify anyone because that's for eternity. It's never. It's not. You're not gonna like go to sleep and wake up. It's gonna be a new thing. So I think that's what he saw, or he saw that you know he was gonna live a life without ding dongs because he. <laughs> yeah, he was a little chunky. No, I'm not fat shaming the kid. He was a little asshole though. It's oh, he deserves it. <laughs> there should be a post credit scene. We should make one. That'd be a good one. Put you in a curly wig. Yeah, he had curly hair. I'm going to put you in a curly wig. I'm going to put you in a little military school uniform. It's going to be great. Look look forward to it in 2022. We're going to have this short. <laughs> yeah, it's... The, the only problem with these movies is that there isn't really, like, especially in the first one, there isn't, like, a clear bad guy. I mean, like, you know Damien's the Antichrist, but he's not doing any of this, really, himself. It's all happening around him. And you see all the people like on the, but they're not really doing any of it per se either. This is all just magically happening. So I kind of wanted them to show like one time, just one time, go to like the like cave or wherever where they meet the special like person that's in charge of all this. It's like the one can you know that's conjuring up the raven and the magic and all. Babe, it's stuff the devil. They're not gonna show him on screen. It's the devil. Show him on screen. It shows something to like. Where are they getting their orders? How do they know what to do, you know? It was, uh, what's his name from, uh, I always want to call him Bazuzu. Oh, it's Bazuzu. Oh, Bazuzu from there the you, yeah. There you go. It's Bazuzu. Does that give you some kind of comfort? Yeah, there we go. He's whispering to people. Something would have been cool. So, like, where, how do they know what they're doing, you know? How do they know to do this? And who is telling them this? That, they that got a FedEx uh, whole instruction manual on how Apparently to do this. Did. It lasts 40 years. You know, and it's literally the telling. It's the foretelling. What do you mean? How do they know how to do this? They they had this on a fucking cave wall for from like one thousand like <laughs> AD. The whole the whole like thing was on here. This rise to power. He had snakes in his fucking hair. Yeah, he was like Medusa. He was like Medusa. Yeah, I love that wall where the guy is like, here he shows a picture. Here's a picture of uh, Damien Thorne. Now come down. Let me show you this picture of a wall that was painted, you know, six thousand years ago. And they go down there, and then there's Damien's face paint on the wall. <laughs> yeah, starts doing that. Like, as soon as I saw that, I'd have been the hell out of there. They waited way too long. Then they're like, "Oh, it collapsed, and everybody died." No, as soon as they showed me that, I would have been out the door and gone. This is where this movie cannot be made today. I mean, I know they did that terrible remake with Julia Stiles, but that. It, that doesn't exist to me and that was the first one but it couldn't exist because that motherfucker would have just snapped a fucking picture and said that shit on twitter and it would have been released in the fucking world immediately go on reddit boom boom there's a picture of the antichrist damn yeah, they kept they had to they had to take the wall apart 
ship it from Israel and get it to the guy to see because no one thought to take a picture of it in all that time. What that first of all, they're in a cave. It's nineteen seven. Let's say the, the movie came out nineteen seventy eight. So let's say it's like nine late seventies. What were they gonna use? The fucking they were in the film. They had the damn cube light. Flash, cube. flash cubes they, that was not going to take a good photo there was no lighting in there whatsoever but I'm saying they could have tried to take but a picture but how though tell me you were alive during these people times what kind of pictures, technology people took pictures in King Tut's tomb they came out alright they brought in lights they took they had flashes. ah okay but they brought in lights is what I'm saying these people were just like literally the scene is they're eating here like it looks like fucking grease they're eating a delicious freaking lunch then all of a sudden they're in a fucking cave like there was no time to get equipment and lights it was like hey we need to do this now like it was <laughs> it was right at the moment there was no like we need to have like a camera crew None of that. Were they even going to fit in the cave? I would. Someone told me, I need to show you something. First of all, if someone told me they need to show me something, immediately I'm walking the opposite way. But if they were like, I need you to enter this cave that's like 6,000 years old. No, bitch, I'm not entering a cave that's 6,000 years old. Have you seen the descent? Like, have you seen the fucking uh, crazy butthole like, beings? That are shitting all over the place? No, we're not going in there. I'm not going in any fucking cave. The Blair Witch? Wasn't that bitch in a cave? Like, I'm not getting in any fucking cave. No, <laughs> thank you. But yeah, this was, I always liked this movie. But like I said, I just wish they would have shown like a little bit more behind the scenes with the people. The Raven like, was the... Was, was the, the boss, yeah. Well, show the Raven just land and give him more something. You know what I'm saying? There was, a, I know, I know what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. But there's the Raven with his little beady eyes looking back and forth. He's like, ha ha! I have conjured this whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what he's done. That was my Raven call. I, I, I caught it. It should be more like a call, right? Is that a how does a Raven? <laughs> that should have definitely been it. Well, you know, I enjoyed the film. Uh, if people have not seen this film, they should because it's it's a good it. You know, there aren't a lot of trilogies that are, I want to say, strong but are good from beginning to end. And I think this is actually one of those trilogies that the story is all planned out. There's you know everyone has the objective. It's pretty consistent and. Even down to like fine, like the first kid and the and the second kid, they look mad similar. Yeah, like they're the casting is like perfect. Then you got Sam O'Neill. I mean, pretty. If you were to like do a split screen between Sam O'Neill and this no. Sam Neill and this other kid, what did I say O'Neill? Yeah, making <laughs> Irish. I, I keep thinking, yeah, he's Irish and also he's related to Tatum O'Neill. Um, Sam Neill, then definitely you can see like similarities in the both. And he's an adult. So not everyone looks the same when they get a little older, yeah. but it's pretty close. Especially when they give him the, the only good idea is giving the special little Damien haircut and then <laughs> you're good to go. It's like uh antichrist haircut check. That was the one thing I remarked during this is like, man, from a military school, they're pretty lax on the haircuts because everybody had some 70s hippie hair in this, even in the military school. I was like, I'm pretty sure the military school requires haircuts, especially back then. I don't know. Weren't they in England? They're pretty laxed over there. Well, it's supposed to be in the U.S. Oh, is it? Yeah, this was one. Of, this is the only one that was in the U.S. I believe. Oh shit! Damn, I totally messed that. I thought they were. I thought he was in. Uh, when I think they're going away to like school, I always think like, oh, that's very posh. That's very England of. 
No, they were mostly in, uh, the family was mostly in Chicago, and then the school was somewhere around in there, too, because it was a, didn't take him that long to get there. So That's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. It, you know, it's his uh, accent that completely throws me off, because he's the only one in the whole film that's, like, mad fancy. Well, and they even say, like, the Lieutenant can ask him, where the hell are you from? And he's like, oh, I was I was born in London, but, you know, raised here and all that. So they're like, and he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, what was the meeting that Lance Hendrickson like? What was what? What did he do? They were like, okay, well, when you see this kid, this is Damien. He already knew that he was coming, right? He was just playing off that he didn't really know him because he kind of he really does help him. Yeah, like there's not even a fucking handshake. Damien doesn't even say like, hey, guy, thanks a lot. Because if it wasn't for Lance Hendrickson, he would never have known that he was the Antichrist. At least up to that point, maybe someone would have told him later. But he's the one that tells him like who he is. Not directly, but he's like, hey, go read this book. It's about you, go read basically. Bible, then go take a look. But then he never really goes and addresses Lance Hendrickson and says, like, so what do I do now? Yeah. Like he, there's never any conversation. That's kind of, that's what I was saying. Like, I wish they had shown a little bit more of, like, behind the scenes, what's going on, how that went on. Because Lance Hendrickson tells him that, and then you never really see them talk again. He has a brief interaction with him at the party where Damien's just got women hanging all over him. He's got like three women on him and he even takes one away from one of the other guys at the party. He's like, oh yeah, come over here. All the women are just flocking around Damien. And he's like, yeah, this is the way the life's going to be. He's already on the tang, yo. Yeah. He has the Beatles haircut. He has the money and the status. And now he has the freaking, you know, the, the tang. And they're all lined up. All, all the girls were all about it. Yeah. But like I said, I like the movie. I would just like to see a little bit more. If they ever did do any kind of sequels to it, that would be the way to go is to show the behind the scenes of it. Show what the people that are orchestrating it are doing and just not show as much of Damien, you know? Didn't they have a TV show? They did a TV show of when Damien was an adult that kind of ignored part three. Yeah, just ignored part three and picked up with, uh, with Damien when he was an adult. But it was weird because it was set in our time you know it was set like in 2015 or something so Damien would have had to been mad old so they kind of had to adjust the whole timeline on that one I think I saw the first two episodes it was not good yeah there's a reason it didn't get picked up I mean they were trying to cash in on that because it was A&E and it was right after the time they had done the Bates Motel Mm. so they were trying to cash in on you know let's find another old horror movie that we can uh, you know turn into a successful TV show but that one didn't work out no, it did not. Well, I give this film, I want to give it three knives, but I feel like three knives is very strong. I'm going to give it two and a half knives. Can I get two and, I'm really terrible with math. I was going to say three and two and three quarters. <laughs> you can do that. That's two like and a, three quarter knives. It's a very small, two and a half and then one other little small knife. Yeah. Not a full three, just almost there. Yeah, I'll go ahead and give it the full three knives. I liked it a lot. It's fun to revisit it. Uh, I need to uh, get. We need to watch part three now just to finish it up. I mean, damn, you gave it three knives. Is the reason why I gave it was because you put the whole thing in my mind. You about you wish there would have been more direction from like the people. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, fine. I can't give him three knives. I recant my two and three quarter knives, and I also give it three knives. Wow. <laughs> What? You put that shit in my head. So I was like, you know, reevaluating how I felt about it. So (laughs) fine. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Jump Scare, the horror podcast. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. 
We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.